Welcome into this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav, soon to be joined by Rex. And this week, we're talking, who else? Tiger Woods, who reportedly won the Player Impact Program despite playing just nine rounds this year. Tiger's also playing in the match alongside his business partner. We'll get into that. Plus, Q School is returning to its roots, as you may have seen uh, on our Golf Today hit. A hurricane is bearing down on Rex's backyard. And of course, we'll also discuss his recent debauchery. But first, the Chrome Soft golf balls from Callaway are better for the best and better for everyone. This family is available in Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X, and Chrome Soft XLS. Each of these golf ball offerings incorporates the company's proprietary precision technology, the tightest dispersions, consistently fast ball speeds, and total performance. And of course, they deliver the soft, responsive feel and control that players love around the green. These balls are available now. You can head over to CallawayGolf.com to see which Chrome Soft is right for you. Rex, uh, speaking of Chrome Soft golf balls, which I know are in your bag, uh, we had quite a tease at the end of last week's podcast. You were playing in a member guest alongside our former colleague Jason Sobel and one of our good friends in the golf media world normally this is where i go off on like my tangent for the next uh three to five minutes but no the floor is yours uh there will be follow-ups uh, but please uh, share with us how your weekend went west orange country club so accommodating like it's a really really if hat if I wasn't so geographically inconvenient, I would try to join the club. It's about 40 minutes from my house in Orlando, so it's just not going to work out. But it, it was three days, three nine-hole matches a day, so it was probably too much golf, as you could probably attest to. But the other part of it is, like, you and I are not afraid of the drink. Like, you and I will lean into the occasional IPA just, just for funsies. These guys are professionals when it comes to it. It was amazing. Not just how much they drank. But how much they drank and continued to function. Again, three nine-hole matches every day for three days straight. It was impressive. Talking like we're talking like Wade Boggs-esque quantities or or what? Can you give us a give us a sense? There was a this is the best example. So during the first day, which was pretty much just kind of three nine-hole practice rounds, uh, we were playing with, and I can't even remember his name, so I'm not gonna betray any trust here, but one of Sobel's buddies at the club, and like Sobel's deal is whenever we make a birdie, either net or gross that he had this big bottle, huge bottle, ginormous bottle, a fireball that he kept in the cooler in our golf cart. And so every time someone would make a birdie, he would just pass it around. And the running joke it's was fireball. That's, someone... that's barely alcohol. That's like drinking Listerine. Well, no, that's not entirely true. And here's why I know that. Because at some point, one of his buddies took, took a pull off of it. And like Sobel's running joke was, save some for me. Again, ginormous bottle it's a handle a fireball that is half full or half empty whatever your perspective is in life but it's got a lot of fireball in it and he kind of turns to Sobel and hits him with the you don't think I can and like all of us in the group you I won't think it was 5-0 you yeah, won't all, all of us you won't and he turns it back and the fact it took him the better part of 40 seconds just to just to choke it all down like he did it what but what yeah <laughs> He, he sat and choked it down for, again, 30, 40 seconds. So we're in the middle of the 14th, uh, 15th fairway. And I will tell you, as a social experiment, I turn to everyone and go, how long until he can't walk? And I can tell you, from the middle of the 15th fairway, by the time he hit the 16th green, he could not stay upright. It, it, it was a God. mess. That, that, sounds like, that sounds like alcohol poisoning. Do we have his current whereabouts? 
Uh, no, he rebounded. He was fine the very next day. He was on the first tee. A very, very, uh, I would call him a gamer in any other sport. He's just a dude. And so he just showed up. Like, didn't even, we still had the empty bottle, had him sign it, and it was going to be the trophy at the end of the week. It, that it, it, These guys are professionals when it comes to drinking. I was impressed. That's shocking. Uh, besides the debauchery, uh, we did not you and Sobel, you I was, was going to say, you and Sobel uh, make perhaps the least formidable team I've ever heard. In fact, I chirped at him on Twitter uh, in naming you his partner. I didn't know if sixes, six for fives uh, were particularly valuable uh, in this format. <laughs> how, how did you play and, and, how, and how many strokes did you finish last by? Uh, we didn't finish last. Actually, we, we played pretty well. The way it works out is each each match is self-contained, and you can lose as many as three points and win as many as three points in the match. Like, you can't lose or gain anything more than that. That They wanted just to keep it, everything moving, so you don't just stop playing after five holes and you're, you know, four down or whatever the case may be. So we won of the uh, – so I'm trying to do the math here. So we played five matches all total, and we won two, tied two. You actually won two. matches? Oh, yeah, we won two, tied two, and lost one. The one we lost, though, was we lost all three points. So we didn't have – there's not much you can do after going down three points in this thing. So we think of the format as you just come out of each match with X amount of points, either negative or positive. And so the first match, we tied. Second match, we got one point. Third match, we lost one point. And then the fourth match, we lost three. So at that point, you're kind of out of it. But it was fun. I mean, it was. It I was mean, a did cool you format. did you actually did you actually contribute? I've 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 played West Orange before. Uh, I I could see how it could potentially uh, appeal to your game. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a couple six six for fives. I sure. mean, the way this worked, Wait, and out, that w- yeah, and, no. that, and that was actually good enough. Sometimes, yeah. So I mean, oh, it's God. it's not the easiest golf course in the world to play. So you kind of have to keep it all in front of you. Probably the best part was, and again, this was kind of the first time I'd done something like this. So each, I believe, there was ten flights. The winner of each flight then went to kind of a shootout, and they started five on one, five on ten, and so it was an alternate shot shootout at that point. And so as as fun as the week was, it comes down oh, to this tense tense last hour where people just hate each other. They hate each other. They just drank a bottle, a half half a handle of Fireball. Fireball. Uh, yes, I can only yes. I can only see how uh, that 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 could have gone. Uh, shout out Callaway uh, for supplying you uh, with all of your equipment. That actually won matches. That's shocking. That's actually shocking to hear. I thought you guys would have gone totally over. Sobel can't hit it more than fifty feet off the ground. He's a, he's actually not a bad player, uh, but uh, his his trage is actually ideal for these current forty mile an hour winds that are whipping outside my house right now. He has a unique swing, like we can both attest to that. It's like an However, Arnie right. slash. I mean that that's being kind, but I think the best part about it is is everyone like keep it's 80, a member like guest, 80, like an eighty five year old Arnie slash. Well, it's oh, it's a member guest. So every right, guest he. that walked to the first tee and and saw him tee it up and and do that crazy move that he does. I mean, all of them were thinking from the first tee that oh, this is going to be easy. Like we're going to wear these guys out. And Sobel doesn't miss many shots. You're you're right. He's scrappy. He hit it too far. He's scrappy. Oh yeah. And and I think he chipped in two or three times over the course of the week. Like, I mean, he he knows how to get under people's skin. It was perfect. Uh, shout out Sobel, uh, one of our good buddies. Shout out uh, Callaway uh, for supplying. Give me a shout out Callaway balls. for golf balls. I definitely needed uh, plenty of golf balls. Thank you so much, Callaway. And the other half of it is I walked away. Stay from away the from my man, Ethan. Uh, well, yeah, Ethan, help me out. I-, I walked away from the weekend thinking to myself that 
the rules of golf, someone needs to step in. Like as, as fractured as golf is right now at the top, I'm talking about live golf. I'm talking about the PGA tour. I'm talking about, there's no place to go forward. This, these are dark times for golf. We have to figure out a way to make the game better. We have to figure out a way to get these two sides together. You know, a bigger issue in my mind than that. Can we come up with some sort of uniform way that, okay, that putt is good. Cause I spent three days shaking my head, not shaking my inside head, the leather, giving, th- giving thumbs up, thumbs down. No, yes, no. But we good. We're not good. I bought it. it. It was awful. That part I did not enjoy. I thought inside the leather was like a common accepted practice. Uh, I don't think so. No, no, no. That that's not it. Because and, and here's the deal: like some guys would just kind of blank and walk away. Is what I realized. Like most guys who get in the situation. Well, it's not even that. I don't even think they're trying. But the problem is, is once you sort of blank out and you make them, you know, you make somebody hit an eight, eight inch putt that they miss. Then all of a sudden, well, you missed it. Like, there's the justification. I'm sorry I made you putt it, but you did miss it. <laughs> this this definitely reminds me of the match. Fairmont St. Andrews, <laughs> former boss, Jay Coffin, two footer, two footer to win the match. Lily does not even sniff the hole. Uh, I don't think he spoke to us again. <laughs> Uh, for 24 hours he, he was mad obviously that he that he missed it uh, embarrassed certainly that he didn't hit the hole uh but <laughs> but definitely just straight up pissed off that he even had to put that he even had to uh put it uh in the first place you actually oh, you so this is a professional segue right so you actually played uh, nearly as many rounds over the weekend that tiger woods did <laughs> the entire year and yet uh he is a winner uh, of the player impact program as reported on Tuesday uh, by the Associated Press's Doug Ferguson. Now, Roy McIlroy is the one who told Fergie that Tiger won. So it's Tiger one, Roy two, the rest of the list should be finalized and publicized in the next couple of weeks. A couple of thoughts here, Rex. Tiger, I, I, I actually think it's been overshadowed his appearances this year because of all the live stuff that we've dealt with over the past six months, like him returning at the masters was like a gigantic news story. It's hard to actually remember all the way back to April now, but like the reports started coming out that, Oh, he's actually thinking about playing. And you know, he's, he's kind of simulating rounds uh, down at medalist. And then we're tracking his plane as he did the scouting trip up to Augusta national. And then, that Monday practice round at Augusta National when he first arrived on property was probably the biggest crowd that I saw uh, the entire year crammed uh, on that first tee to see Tiger Woods uh, return to Augusta National. I don't think it was any surprise that he was number one despite limited action. I guess the only question is, like, will he ever not win this? Like, even if he plays just once a year, maybe, like, I mean, 2021, he didn't play at all besides the PNC championship, like should, should the, should the player impact program just like be renamed after him? Should it just be understood that he gets the top prize, which I think is $20 million. And then like everyone else just follows suit. Like how would he ever not win this? Uh, I, I'm going to agree with you and I'm, I'm going to take it one step further, you know, do the hot take thing and just give it to him forever. I mean, you're just going to win. You should just name the list after Tiger Woods. And this is the Tiger Woods do good list. Going forward, Tiger's going to be one, and then whoever else is going to be second, third, fourth. Because every player that I've talked to, every person inside golf, whether it's a manager or someone that works at the tour or those of us in the media, we all agree that, you know, since the beginning of time, as far as we go back 20 years, we should all cut Tiger Woods a piece of our check because we none of us would be this in this This is like the Tiger, Tiger tax being, being repaid 
now that he's not as competitive, right? Like this is the tiger tag. Like I think of like Charles Howell, the third who benefited probably more than anyone from this tiger bump, <laughs> right? Like wow, he won okay. three times on the, on the PGA tour, but collected more than $50 million. Like that's CH three catching strays. Now all of a sudden, I got to know why you had to throw him. He, out he would be the, he'd be, he would be the first to he'd be the first to admit that he benefited oh, from yeah. a tiger bump, like th- winning three do. times and f- more than fifty million dollars in earnings. That's that's preposterous, and yet I don't think that's anybody. The, that's what is, players of that era accomplished. So now that's almost like being repaid. Like I, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. We, we I, I remember looking back, thinking back to last year when he finishes, he, he plays in the Hero World Challenge. We don't know what we're going to get out of him there. Then he shows up at the PNC with his son Charlie, plays well actually spends a lot of time on t- TV. They've ended up finishing second to John Daly and his son in that event. And me thinking to myself, keep in mind, the pip ran through December 31st last year. And like, oh, everything they used to measure this list, to come up with this list, all the metrics, all point to, yes, of course, Tiger Woods is going to win this, even though he hadn't played. This time's different. They had to cut the list off at, at September 31st just because of what we're doing going forward, what, what the PGA Tour is doing going forward with the elevated events. They want to give players as much time as possible, that top 20, to prepare their schedule for next year because the Century Tournament of Champions, the first week of January, counts as an elevated event. So you're trying to give them a little bit of a cushion. So now you're looking at October through September as the window here. With that the window? And again, I'm going to go back to how I started this. Like, just cut him a piece of all of our checks for 10 million, 20 million, whatever the number is. Give him that number. However, with him playing just nine rounds, I don't know how anyone can take this list seriously. Because Tiger Woods, as you pointed out, has not been in the news largely since the, since the Masters. Now, it was a huge but event like the, at the Masters. But, but the events that he did were enormous. I mean, it was all Masters, or me, all Tiger all the time. At the Masters, even though Scotty was a, a runaway winner, like he, Tiger it was did. a main story there. Obviously, he withdrew from the PGA. The Masters, he was going to, PGA was whether different. he was going to show up there. Uh, St. Andrews, the, he had the at the Open, but he had the press conference earlier in the week where he kind of uh, roasted Live, and then he had the emotional send off on Friday. He had the the Skills Challenge or whatever that four hole Champions Challenge earlier in the week. Like the the, the events that Tiger did play were huge. Needle moving, headline generating rounds. Now, is that enough to overshadow Rory, who won three times, won the FedEx Cup, turned a world number one? I mean, certainly Scotty, because you have other metrics in terms of social media engagement uh, and not not like. so much anymore. That's the part I'm leaning into here. Is we I I don't know. We don't know exactly how they come up with this list. The tour has crawled further back into the shell that is oh no no we're just going to come up with a list and you're going to enjoy it I, I think the problem with all of this is and again cut tiger a check right off the top just give it to him right off the top it's two through 20 now that i think everyone's really curious about because no one knows 100 percent exactly how a guy ends up on a list and we're probably going to get a better understanding of it in the next few weeks when it does come out and you can kind of look at who ended up landing points but you're right i don't know how I mean, Rory being the primary example here, because not only did he do things on the golf course to stand out from the rest of the he crowd. He was a de facto take... player spokesman for the PGA Tour. He was an every exactly. story. Yeah. So not only is he, is he exposing himself on a Sunday, that didn't come out right at all. Phrasing, not only is he playing well on Sunday, good enough to get in. Now, now that is enough to win the pip. That's that going to get you exposing on yourself on a Sunday. Not only is he going out on Sundays and in in making this about the competitive part of it, which I've argued since the beginning of the pip that look, there needs to be a better com- competitive component to this. Cause you just can't lean into who's popular. Cause now you're going to end up with a guy who's going to lose his tour card 
that ends up getting this pit money. And now all of a sudden you, you're sort of crossing these lists. In Rory's case, not only did he do it competitively, but he did it off the course. You're right. He was the spokesman. Gladly, he was the spokesman at every turn. Every time he was asked about Pip, every time he was asked about the PGA Tour, every time he was asked about Live Golf, he had something not just to say, but something interesting to say. So, I'm again, I'm not sitting here saying that Rory should have been number one. I just don't understand how Tiger is. Like, I, I'd like to see the numbers. Show me the math. How do, but so t- how was Tiger number one last year? He was out because of the car crash, which happened in February. He hadn't played before that. There were scant updates all year long about his recovery. And then he played the PNC, which was cool, right? Like, we, we enjoyed watching it. But it was a two-day competition. And the number two that year was Phil Mickelson, who won a major championship. And I actually, I actually looked back at Phil's uh, tweet where he uh, proclaimed himself the premature winner of the event <laughs> before all the votes have been tabulated. And he said something along the lines, he's going to play Kapalua because that that's how he's going to get his money. And then hopefully he finds another hot topic controversy soon. Uh, needless to say, uh, he did find that controversy. You're right, because numbers 2 through 20 now I think are going to be very interesting to see. We look at back at the inaugural list from 2021, five of those 10 players are now on live. And so as much as we like to discredit uh, this rival tour as having a bunch of nobodies or a bunch of guys who are past their prime or long ago major champions, they still have the five of the 10, half of the tour's own needle movers from the previous year. That's Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryce Nishambo, and Bubba Watson, uh, who are now all on live. And so you're certainly going to have some new names inside the top 10, certainly as you expand out to 20. So like, as you, as you think Rex, how the rest of it probably going to be hard to go to 20, but like, where do you see the rest of this list immediately falling to me? Jordan Spieth uh, is in, is going to be in the three spot where I believe he was uh, a year ago, which was kind of his, his comeback season. I could see Scotty falling in there. Although, Scotty, to me, is, is kind of in that Patrick Cantley realm from 2021, is he not? I mean, Patrick Cantley was the FedEx Cup champion. He was voted PGA Tour Player of the Year, and yet he did not crack the top 10 last year. John Rahm barely cracked the top 10, even though a lot of people thought that he was the best player in 2021. So it's speed three, and then I think there's a lot of question marks. I think JT will certainly be up there, but what do you, what do you think? I think Tom Kim could probably crack the top 10 now. Uh, Tony Finau, Max Homa, Billy Horschel. Well, and keep in mind that this list, in theory, again, based on the little bit we do know about how these numbers are compiled, should look, I'm not going to say dramatically different than last year's list, because as you pointed out, five of the ten are now playing on live, and they will not be on this year's list. But I think the way it will be structured will be differently, because they've moved away from the idea that, okay, we want to base this on – what kind of engagements they get on social media, what kind of pop, how they move the needle, not just in traditional media, which would be the Nielsen's and and that has the competitive element to it. But the other side is how just popular are they just in the general sports sense, if not just the general sense on social media, since they've filtered that out, I would think this list is going to be more of a showcase of who played well this year and less about who's popular. Like look, rookies going, Ricky Fowler is going to be inside the top 20. My guess is he's going to be inside the top 10 because he still moves the needle across all of all of those uh, uh, metrics. And he actually turned it around a little bit this year competitively. So I would imagine he's still going to be inside the top 10, but I can see 
a John Rom landing inside the top five. I can see a guy like uh, a Justin Thomas, as you pointed out, certainly he has the personality, but the other half would be from a competitive standpoint, he had a pretty good year. Like I'm curious, where does Sam Burns fall? Like he had himself a good year on the golf course, but as we all know, he's not the most exciting guy to talk to. He's yeah, not, he's I, mean, not- I, would cer- I would certainly expect him to be in the top 20. If I'm kind of just brainstorming this out here, I, I think we'd see speed Cam Young. three. I'll turn this back on you. Where does yeah. Cam Young fall on that one? I mean, he had plenty of TV exposure this year. Um, boy, Victor, Victor Hop. So like Colin Morikawa was the 11th guy last year, right? Like I would, he's not, he's not going to be top 10 because he had kind of a down year. I would, I would still think Colin Morikawa would be in the top 20. I don't, I don't really know, but like with the expanded 20, I think there is room now for the Joel Damons, the Max Homas, uh, yeah. the Harry Higgs, players like that like I'd be shocked if their person their personality their popularity certainly uh, on social media did not translate in some way to be recognized by this I mean this is top 20 is like a sixth of the PJ tour membership like they should be able to crack the top 20 yet there's going to be some names who don't register Matt Fitzpatrick won a US Open championship is he going to be recognized the top among the top 20 yes uh, I, I would think kind so. of that kind of remains to be seen. Hideki Matsuyama. If you if you talk about worldwide popularity, Hideki Matsuyama should be in the top ten of PIP, should he not? Uh, yes. And again, this goes to whenever this list comes out, probably right right before Thanksgiving, from what I was told. And whenever it comes out, is when we're going to probably get a better idea of exactly what we're measuring now. Because I don't think this is going to be the list last year where we kind of scratched our head and tried to figure out. Well, how did Tiger Woods end up at number one? I mean, did what he do at the PNC? for two days really influence the list that much? Because if so, then something seems a little bit off. However, in this particular case, I think what you're going to end up with is the guys who perform the best over the course of the year combined with sort of, I'll call it the Max Homa factor here, right? I mean, there is a personality there. If Max Homa is not in the top 10, we riot. He won. Uh, He has won three times. We riot. In the past 14 months, he was a star at the President's Cup. And he is by far the most engaged and personable player on social media. If he is not in the top 10, the system needs to be rewritten again. Like, and I if, think if like Max, Tony Finau, I would make the same argument with. I think yeah, Tony Finau would certainly Finau, fall into that Finau should be in the top 10 as well, especially with some of those defections. So, if, so I'm going Tiger, Rory, Spieth, JT, and I'll say Scotty. I mean, if dude was, dude was. Yeah. In the, in the news a lot, even if he, you know, he's not the most uh, engaging character. That's how I, no, that's how I, I see the top five. No, I, I would agree with that. And look, there's other names that I can see filtering in. I can see Billy Horschel being inside the, the top 20. And that's good. He's going to be a little polarizing because people are going to look Tom at Tom Kim. There's going to be, I can see Tom Kim. Tom Kim is certainly going to be up 10. there. But it's going to be an opportunity for us to get a better handle on it. Because I think what happened last year is probably not a good indication of what we should expect this time around. Uh, so the match, uh, which will be Tiger Rory versus JT and Spieth, will apparently not be counting uh, towards the PIP total this year because, as you said, uh, this is going to get announced in the next two weeks or so. But with this latest installment of the match to set, uh, scheduled for December 10th, uh, that is a light day on the sports schedule, 6 p.m. Under the lights, Pelican Golf Club, which is actually hosting this week's uh, LPGA event, although it certainly appears it, as it could be impacted by what is now Hurricane 
Nicole, is this going to be enough to get you to tune in, Rex? December 10th, Tiger, Rory versus JT Speed. You're going to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'll be, I think it'd be entertaining either way because here's the deal. Some of these have been contrived. I think we can all agree with that, that sometimes when you try to shoehorn these personalities into these different roles, it doesn't work very well. And I just think trash talk does not come naturally to golfers, by and large. Take it from what I learned last week at the member guest at West Orange, that trash golfers are not very good at it. In this particular case, though, you're talking about four guys that like each other. You're talking about four guys that have spent a lot of time around each other. I think it, I think it will be relaxed, but, and I think it'll, it'll have a little bit of an edge to it that makes it entertaining. You think they're going to be chugging a, a handle of a handle of fireball a handle. on the fifteenth tee? What do you think? Which one? Did any of, do you it. think any of them could do it? No, um, I don't think any. Hmm. Spieth, Spieth has I, I would say has the best. Spieth would be my best bet to do it. I don't think any of them could do it though. No, certainly not. I mean, we've not JT. seen JT chug a beer, so I don't know why you wouldn't make that leap. I mean, he chugged a beer on the first tee at the Ryder Cup one year. Half a handle is like. Is like a twelve pack. Especially I mean, I wouldn't fact, recommend. Especially when you factor in the when you factor in the uh, percentage of alcohol. It's like there it's needs like to be some sort pack. of warning on that bottle. Like, I, and it, it doesn't seem like this is. What do you want like, the warning to say? Don't chug half a handle. Yes, I, I think it should. And and you're right. It seems like it should be self-explanatory, and everyone with a, with a right mind should be like, yeah, this is a terrible idea. But yes, I think you should put some sort of warning that please don't. Please, please don't do this. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think the match will be good. I, I, I really don't like the rollout of these events. It, you, you mentioned the word contrived. It's so gimmicky, like these, these videos, like the fake smack talk on social media. Like, you know, Tiger's been honing his one-liners over the past couple weeks and months. Like him and JT uh, on competing teams, I think will be natural enough to bring out uh, their respective needles which is a word that tiger loves oh so much but yeah i think it'll be entertaining holiday viewing and look it's going to be an opportunity to see tiger woods once more he actually could have quite a busy december he's expected to play in the hero world challenge his 20-man exhibition in the bahamas the following week would then be the match and then the week after that would be the pnc championship where he and son charlie uh nearly won it a year ago there was kind of this talk like oh you know tiger woods won't play this fall i never i never quite bought into that when he we saw him at st andrews for the open championship like obviously he his game uh, appeared to be in disarray but he didn't seem to suffer any physical setbacks and so uh with four months off like he should be raring and ready to go i it doesn't surprise me at all that he would play three in a row in december as he looks forward now to 2023 now for you folks who Caught golf today on Wednesday. That's when we're recording this podcast. You saw Rex and I debate the merits of PJ Tour Q School returning to its roots, which is offering five direct cards to the PJ Tour as opposed to the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the way it has been over this past decade. I said nay. Rex said yay. Is there anything you'd like to expand on, Rex? Is there anything you couldn't shoehorn? into our five minutes of magic? Uh, no, I think what I wanted to, to point out is, it, again, I, you and I kind of looked at this from a similar point of view, even though we had different opinions. It was personal and professional. Personally, Q School was always the, 
the home of the best stories, the most interesting stories that I've, I've always, I've ever covered simply because there's so much emotion and it's so raw and it's so real and it's immediate. Whereas if, if a guy's fighting for a tour card all year long, it's kind of hard to be there at the moment when everything either comes crashing down and you realize you're not going to make it or it all sort of coalesces. Like you kind of have to be lucky to be in the right place at the right time on that one. Q school, it's sort of ready made. And, And look, it's just five cards. And so this is going to be a watered down version of what it used to be. This is not going to be. Yeah, it used to be like glory. 30, didn't it? Yes. And, Three you know, guys more. would just and guys would grind sometimes through all three stages. And it was a six round final round. And it was it was such a marathon. However, in this particular case, I think it's more sort of the professional element that I leaned into based on where golf is right now between PGA Tour and Live Golf. And we've heard the weaponized comments about, oh, the PGA Tour is a meritocracy. That's what makes our version of this game so much better. And this is an example of that. This is the best example of that, in my opinion. Look, qualifying for the U.S. Open or the Open Championship is certainly special, but this gives someone a job for an entire year. This just isn't one week or even two rounds. Sometimes. I don't want this those guys. On, this is employment I don't, I don't, I don't want those guys on the PGA Tour. Like, why? What are you talking why, about? Why do, why do why those you guys... That? Why do those guys deserve to be on the PJ tour? Because they got, I didn't hot say they deserved it. No one deserves it. No, I'm not. You I'm just not said, you just said meritocracy. Road. They, they just, des- they deserve to be on there because they earned it through their play. They earned it. Now you're kind of crossing words here. I'm not saying anyone deserves anything, but if you earn it, absolutely. You get a tour card, you have a job for a year. It's probably going to be life changing for the majority of these guys in this particular case. I would say that over the history of the PGA tour, PGA tour Q school, was sort of the litmus test. No one had a problem with it until about a decade ago when the tour started looking at it statistically and making the argument that it's a better judge of talent over yes. 12 months on the Cornberry Tour versus 100%. six, seven, eight weeks grinding it away in the fall trying to get your card to Q school. I don't disagree with that. I think the percentages are a little skewed. I don't know if it's it leans as far in the Corn Ferry Tour category as they tried to make it out to for all those years. However, in this particular case, it's an immediate turnaround. And when you say that, you don't want those players on tour. How can these, these are the players that you're going to look at and you're going to love. These are going to be the next Will Zalatoris's or the next Scotty Scheffler's or whatever the case may be. They have to play their They have to find a way onto the PGA tour one way or the other. I mean, you recoil, but there's yes, only so many they ways can do you can it do it through the gateway, which is on the corn Ferry tour. Give me a guy and, who proved himself over seven or eight months, as opposed to a guy who did it in three tournaments, which is essentially what the Q school process is going to be the point that I tried to make in the golf today hit. I don't know if I did so effectively or not, is that there is a turf war now with live golf, both brands trying to say that they are the preeminent destination for the best players in the world while also creating the most entertaining product. And so to that end, the PJ tour should be committed and trying to create the best uh, membership possible. They're doing that now by skimming their membership with only 70 guys keeping cards. And then they're having this priority type series. You're having these elevated events with just the stars beginning next year. You're going to have the top 10 players on the DP world, uh, DP world tour order of merit who then get their PGA tour cards. You're going to have 30 guys from the corn Ferry tour. Uh, we're expected to have at least one college player, perhaps more. If they get through this accelerated program, it should be finalized next week for the top college players. I think those are all really good steps. I think the European step is a no brainer. And so I just think five is too many, like, or, or those spots could be allocated elsewhere. Like give a couple more 
to college to shore up that pipeline, give a couple more to uh, the, the corn fairy tour, like guys who, who establish themselves. I, I have no problem with kind of these, this dreamer aspect. And I think it will be fun professionally to look at these five guys who get through and then chart their progress in 2024. I don't know whether that resonates with the audience. One thing that I pulled out for a hit was a, the quote from uh, Corn Ferry Tour President Alex Baldwin. She said, this is going to be, quote, exciting for fans to follow next year in Q School. You and I have both covered the traditional Q School. Uh, the last one was back in 2012. Like, it was great to cover for us. I don't think that it did massive page views. Uh, it certainly wasn't streaming on golfchannel.com as the Corn Ferry Tour Q School uh, just did. It doesn't seem like there was this this intense desire to follow all the Q school graduates the next year. Maybe that'll change. Maybe I'm wrong, but it kind of feels like Monday qualifiers where, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cute, it's a cool story for a couple of days. And then once the actual competition begins, we're focused on Rory and Scotty and John Rom and the like it, it's, it feels very similar to me. And I hope that Ryan French or our good buddy does not, does not uh, uh, totally dismiss uh, that, that call that he, of, of Monday qualifiers. He's coming at you. Brian Francis is coming after you. You know that. You're not right? at like, me. It's, but it's, it's, yes. it's very, it's very he's, similar. He's coming right? for think, you. But like everyone, everyone is engaged with those stories. And like, I, I, there are like so many, there's, there's hundreds, if not thousands of great stories of guys who are grinding, but those are day or two stories. And then once the actual tournament begins, oh, they show them on the telecast. Oh, here's Monday qualifier. Uh, whatever his name is. Yep. He's seven over par. Uh, having a tough day, but but boy, what a what a great story it is to get him uh, into the field this week at the Houston Open. Okay, let's go over to fourteen now with Scotty Scheffler, who's top of the lead. Like that's just how that's how it goes. I kind of feel like the Q School graduates will be the same way. Oh, it's absolutely a niche audience. And, and look, Cole Hoggard is not going to sit around and watch Q School next year. And he he loves golf. He loves professional golf. He loves playing. He loves watching the PGA Tour, and he loves playing golf. But no, he will have zero interest in watching Q school. However, that's not to say that these still aren't very, very good stories. I would say the vast majority of your golf loving audience probably doesn't sit around and watch much college golf. That's going to get me in so much trouble with our bosses. However, we have, we have have proof. Yep. uh, However, I think in this particular case, it, that doesn't make it any less entertaining or doesn't make those stories any less compelling or less worthy of telling. And I go back to, I think in the hit, I referenced. Okay. That's, that's actually perfect. So you mentioned college, right? And that's the future. That's the pipeline that the PJ Tour wants to shore up. The PJ for the points leader in the PJ Tour University rankings. That's not enough. And so, if they're saying it's one card for college, what does that mean then for these dreamers, for these grinders, for these guys who have been living on the mini tour? Why are all of a sudden we should have that fivefold and deserving of PJ Tour cards? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, no, but your logic's not adding up here. Two things can be true in this particular case. You're right. If there's, there's, if there's no only- audience for college and there's no audience for these these Q School mini tour grinders, no. why are all now of a sudden you're pretty- getting fivefold? Uh, I think what the point you're missing here is, okay, we're going to reward the top college player. And I still think that's going to be a debate. Who knows? I mean, I'm still not hundred percent sure what's going to happen at the policy board meeting next week when they actually sit down and decide to vote for this. Make it three. Okay. So folks you, make it three. If you're Billy Horschel, you can do that. You can go, you can do three, three and 
Billy Horschel is not on the uh, policy board, by the way. Uh, you can do three and then two for Q school, whatever the combination James is. Hahn. I mean, I, I, um, James Hahn, yes. I, I, you can make it that way. I think in this particular case, if you give that top college player a tour card, give them direct access, and I'm, I'm not against that at all. I will question and I will wonder going forward how many of those guys are actually ready to go to the PGA Tour, but until we see evidence to the contrary, I'm going to lean in and say this is a good deal. The other part of this, though, there's nothing stopping any of those college players from going to Q school and competing for one of those five cards. And so that's the answer here is those dreamers that you're talking about on, on the mini tours right now, they don't have the access to try to get back to college. See, it's a it's a, it's a one way street. There's a so there's any a of the, lukish element to the Q school process. Is there not? Uh, I think like, it's inherent. I wouldn't say at, it's it's necessarily a bad thing, though. I mean, we go back before this decade. Q school was the way you got to the PGA tour. This was the way you defined success, at least at that level in the game. Now they've made the argument over the last decade that I just pointed out that a year on the corn Ferry tour is a better gauge of talent. I don't disagree with that. I will mix it up when you tell me how much better. If you tell me it's 70% better, I'm going to balk. If you tell me it's seven, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's probably about right. You want to know two guys who in the last Q school did not get through, didn't even get to final stage. That was Jordan Spieth. And Brooks Kepka, they both flamed out in second stage. They've gone on to earn seven major Dustin Johnson got his card via Q School. I, I covered it. Now, that's not to say Dustin would have figured out a way to get to the PGA Tour. I know but there's by, a fluish element. Uh, I'm not denying that. There's plenty of players. I think the one that always comes to my mind is Zach Johnson, where he has told me on numerous occasions that he would have never been able to get got earned his way onto the PGA Tour via Q School because it just wasn't you know, his brand of vodka that he needed yeah, that some year players just, on, aren't, just aren't wired for that type of golf. Yeah. 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 But, but then you have your Patrick Reeds who did the Monday qualifying thing over and over again. And, and Q school was probably a best recipe for him. So, and I'm not saying it's a one size fit all. I like the idea that you're only doing five cards. Again, it's a watered down version of Q school, but I think given the context, given where we are in the game right now, given all the things that are pulling in different directions, I think it's a good compromise. So I actually think the best compromise, and I just thought of this. So I think it's too few college, and I think it's too many Q school. Make college number three and make the Q school number three. That's perfect. Five's too many to drop it down to three. College, there should be more than one. If you want to show up the pipeline, make it three. Like, I think that's the okay. So, where compromise. are you taking a card from? So, th- this th- this is a math game. You need to make this all add up to 50. Yes. So, so I'm saying instead, of, instead of five, instead of five cards for the Corn Ferry, make it three. Instead of one card for the P- for the college player, make it three. So it's it's adding two for college and it's subtracting two for Q school. Um, okay, that's, that's the fine. compromise. That's, that's top no, it's three. Good, I love that because because three is three like those are the Q school guys, right? Like it's easier to digest. We can pay attention to them. It's a cute little story. Five is just too too many. Make it three. I, I feel I like I'm gonna die on all- this cross. I would I would pay all the money that I won in the West Orange member guest last week uh, to, to watch you march in to the global headquarters at PGA Tour HQ next week. I believe it's Monday afternoon. Just march in there, go straight to the boardroom, bang on the door, slam the door open. And just, three, I got to take three. three and, I've got it. Pay attention, Jay. Three is the perfect so number. Uh, three is not a bad number. Perfect number. It is. It's a perfect number. Now uh, we're just, that is, now we're that just is the that out. is the solution. It's I mean global homes fifteen minutes from here. Uh, do not rule out uh, that I will go uh, kicking and screaming, stomping and slamming into the global. Is this home. door open? Hello. <laughs> in top, in top three. 
top three it is. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned this hurricane, Nicole, that is probably going to disrupt uh, the LPJ event, which is on the west coast of Florida this week. I currently have Weather Channel on. You know that I absolutely love this stuff. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if it's been picked up in the audio with these uh, sure mics uh that kaz has bought us 150 bucks uh, well spent i'm not sure if you could pick up the lashing of the palm trees that's currently going outside my house we're we're at about 100 and, uh excuse me we're at about 40 mile an hour wind gust right now uh how are the conditions rex in your backyard you're showing me something on your phone i have no idea uh, what I can't it is get that too uh uh no someone sent me this it was just on facebook it's jim cantori walking through the airport at daytona beach yeah he's, a, that he's is actually, not a great he's sign. live he's live at daytona beach shores this is expected to make landfall wednesday evening not sure when this podcast is going to be uploaded it's supposed to make landfall wednesday night uh sweep across uh potentially uh, the greater orlando area and then exit uh into the gulf of mexico sparing us here uh, in the Ponte Vedra area with just probably some 40 mile an hour winds and some, uh, and some lashing rain. I'm actually uh, very fired up. You asked me what the conditions are right now. It's just rain, not a lot of wind. However, I think we talked about this during the last storm, uh, about the pipes that go into the road in the, in the creek right across oh, the yes. street from my house. Kai- great, yes. great kayaking conditions. Uh, it was No, the water was too high last time. I think I, I sent you a video. So it was, the water was far too high. We couldn't have gotten the kayak through. I think this time around, it's going to be the perfect combination of uh, uh, too much rain, but not too much rain. You see what I'm saying there? Yes. So I think, the, I think kayaking is, is definitely on. This is happening. This is, actually, happening. this is actually windier. This is actually windier than uh, the last hurricane. Hurricane Ian, I think it was. Uh, I mean, Cam and I went out and braved the elements, but we put on our Golf Channel Gore-Tex. Uh, we had a grand old time uh, for an hour or two to get outside the house. This is actually like some pretty, some pretty big wind. It didn't, it didn't feel like my golf cart was actually going to move forward uh, this morning. Uh, but indeed, we still made it, uh, thankfully, to daycare, which is closed Thursday, Friday. Uh, absolutely no, no. not pleased about that. Of course, as everyone knows, once a hurricane blows through, the conditions are absolutely epic. We're supposed to have like a 65 or 70 degree sunny uh, uh, weather days over the weekend, which means... We'll be firing up the pits. What do you got? Uh, well, we are going to be rained in for the next couple of days because our school uh, district is closed. For the Saturday next and days. Sunday, though. Saturday and Sunday is going to be lovely. Saturday and Sunday is going to be lovely. I, I got a pork butt. I would probably wait until Saturday to do it. Do it on football day. But I was. Got, it depends on what tomorrow's like. If if it's rainy and nasty all day long, I might just spend the day on the porch doing my thing. Uh, your number one team in the college football playoff rankings, Georgia, plays on Saturday evening against mississippi state you sure do love to see it uh you and i are uh, desperate uh to have some sort of grilling sponsor uh for the podcast for a video segment, we are. whatever the case we really are maybe and so i would be uh it, it would it, i would be remiss if i did not note rex uh, that i will be traveling down to delray beach and building a new grill for my mother-in-law i believe it's an early christmas present that she is receiving it is a rec tech bullet it is essentially a Weber kettle. However, it is a pellet grill. And so you plug it in, relies on electricity and pellets, can run low and slow at 200, and also can go into quote-unquote riot mode, uh, which is 700 plus. Very much looking forward to building that, seasoning that, and cooking on riot that. Riot mode? This wow. weekend, riot mode. Unbelievable. Oof, it's just, right, yeah, it's right. just, let's get zany out here uh, on the back porch. Riot Rec Tech mode. Bullet. So, Rectech, if you're listening, holla at 
your boy. Well, thank you guys for listening to this edition of Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. Talk to you next week. Get at me, Ethan. <laughs>